We are living in exciting times. I mean, it is an exciting time to be alive. I'm a history nerd, and I think I would pick this time over any other time, maybe with the exception of being around Jesus. But like, this is, this is the time. And there's so much going on right now. There's, you know, there's so much movement that God's doing right now. And, and lot of, a lot of you are aware of, of what God's doing. He, we've got a, a new movie that just came out called The Jesus Revolution, uh, based off the Jesus People movement. That released this weekend. It's a huge hit, starring Kelsey Grammer. Um, the Chosen series is huge. It is like one, it's the most viewed online production in history. It's huge. The Asbury Revival, okay, so I'm not quite sure if we should call it a revival or renewal or an outpouring. Whatever it is, God's doing something very special and or has done very special. Like a little town of 6,000 people and 20,000 people at a time were showing up just to worship God. And it was done in a janky old chapel without, you know, lasers and lights and big sound system and superstar rock star Christians. It's just, it was just normal everyday people getting together and worshiping, led by college students. The Super Bowl ads. I didn't watch the Super Bowl, but I know everybody else did. But they had, they had these incredible outreach commercials uh, by a company or a ministry called He Gets Us. And they were powerful, and they reached lots of people. Like, this is exciting stuff. And, you know, from the Asbury thing to the films to the advertising to, to things that are going on in individual churches, you are going to begin to see God things pop up all over the place. There are other little, you know, revivals or outpourings that are taking places on other campuses. It's kind of hard to keep track of them all. You, there's, it doesn't, there's some things that are going on in California, in Southern California. Super excited about that. I want to encourage you, like, if you feel led to go to something like that, go to something like that. You know, I, I, somebody, if there's a baptism at the beach, you should go. You want to be in the room. You want to be there. And whenever, whenever God is on the move, that's what's going on right now. I hope you guys get it. God's on the move right now. Amen. It's like a Chronicles of Narnia. Aslan's coming. Aslan is on the move. It's really exciting. Whenever God is on the move, the enemy of God can't keep up. And his only strategy is to breed confusion and to be nasty and cynical. But the power of Satan is no match for the power of God. Amen. If the power of God is going to pour out upon all flesh and if people are going to turn from their wicked ways and repent and receive salvation and enter into heaven, if God's going to heal bodies, if people are going to be set free from addictions, if there's going to be deliverance from evil spirits, it's going to happen. Like, that is God's will. It's going to happen. You cannot stop it. And the devil can't stop it. But he can bring in some confusion. During these times, when God is on the move, when... 
the news cycle seems to be crazy, when you're not quite sure who to believe these days, there is a very special spiritual gift that we all need to nurture and grow, be aware of, sharpen it up, and that is the spiritual gift of discernment. The spiritual gift of discernment. Discernment, the discerning of spirits, is, is vital to your Christian life. Some people think that, you know, you only get one spiritual gift. If you're super spiritual, maybe two. But I don't think it's written that way. I think it's written in a way where you need to grow in all of the spiritual gifts. Like, you need to go after all of them. I mean, some are going to come a little more easily to others. And, you know, it's just, you know, sometimes people are just, all right, I'll just be transparent. Uh, a lot of women are naturally intuitive, right? Do you, have, do you have, like, grandmas that know what's wrong with you, and they live, like, in a different country, but, like, they, they just know? Some people are able to discern where God is and what God's doing or able to discern if something is of a good spirit or something is of an evil spirit. It just kind of comes naturally to them. But just because it comes naturally to some people doesn't mean that you can't grow in it. And actually, um, it's a mandate. You must grow in discernment these days. Because what Revelation says, what the end times say, is that in the last days, many will be deceived even the elect will be deceived in the end days. I, I don't want to, I, I don't know. I think I'm the elect, right? I don't know. I think I'm God's special one, right? I don't want to be deceived. Do you want to be, I, would you know if you're being deceived or not? The problem with deception is it's deceptive. You know, it's, you just believe lies. You believe your own lies. You get, you get sucked into an emotion. You get sucked into a, a, a train of thought. You get, you get sucked into manipulation and power trips and, or just hearing what you want to hear and thinking that that's truth. And so we need, to, we need to be a discerning people, probably now more than ever. One of the interesting things that the Internet has done, or what YouTube has done, is that um, for every ministry and every movement and every uh, incredible God event, it seems like there is a discernment ministry that has something to say about it. Okay, so a discernment ministry is a ministry that well, they, they say they're, they're, they're trying to figure out what's true and what's not true. Um, it's it's the ministry of apologetics. Apologetics is trying to give a defense for your faith. Uh, discernment is for, you know, knowing what God is doing and what the devil is doing, being able to tell the difference. But discernment is also for the understanding of proper theology. You know, there's a right way and a wrong way to believe certain things. And so what has been frustrating to me and 
and our staff is that like all of these amazing God things are taking place. And for every amazing thing, from Asbury to the Chosen to the Jesus Revolution movement, even to the commercials on the Super Bowl, there is a discernment ministry, some armchair theologian that thinks that they know what is true, and they are trashing every single movement of God. And these are Christians. They're not atheists. Like These are our brothers and sisters in Christ who think that they, they know what's right and what's wrong. And like, for example, they will say the Super Bowl commercial is, is a bad thing because we, sh- we should be giving that money to orphans, right? Because they, they spent millions and millions of dollars to reach the lost. It makes sense, right? He was like, yeah, that, that's, that's logical. But is that, I mean, if we have a, discer- we need to discern, like, maybe God did want them to spend that kind of money so people wouldn't go to hell, right? <laughs> like, what, what's the cost of a soul, People uh, slam on the chosen all the time because they take artistic license and they, you know, they're, it's, it's, it's Christian entertainment that's biblical based, you know, and they add things in that aren't in the Bible and people freak out about that. They freak out. It's like it's a TV show, folks. It's amazing, wholesome TV show. It's more wholesome than Little House on the Prairie. And you're, and you're crapping on it because it's not in the Bible? I'm sorry. I, I should not have said, said it that way. <laughs> I'm getting passionate about this kind of stuff. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Cut that out, Luke. Because there's going to be some discernment guy that's going to say, Pastor Josh says bad words in church. You know, just today. Pastor Larry was saying how wrong the Jesus Revolution movie is, how inaccurate it is. Just today, in our own presence, on our founder of the church. Okay, for those of you, the Jesus Revolution is about the Jesus People movement, the, the hippie Christians that started off in the late 70s, really exciting stuff. Uh, it has Lonnie Frisbee in it, who is the hippie that, uh, that Chuck Smith met and it just it it changed not just southern california it changed the world we would be in a terrible spot if that did not take place historically and the exciting thing is is that dad was there i mean he was friends with lonnie frisbee he was he was in the dorm rooms with uh chuck smith's daughter and his friends hung out with that whole that whole group so he was he was part of it so he's like yeah it didn't happen that way i'm like come on dad don't ruin it for everybody <laughs> Don't just, don't just ruin it. So, there are, you know, there's discernment ministries that say miracles are of the devil. Did you know that? That signs and wonders, that, that, that everything that Jesus did in the New Testament and everything that the apostles did, as soon as the book was bound, miracles stopped. They ceased. They're called cessationists. They are our brothers and sisters in Christ, but we don't agree with that one. That's boring. That's like, no, that's no fun. I didn't sign up for that. And there is very popular YouTube shows that think that, 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 that will accuse us of heresy for how we worship and what we practice. 
There is, for every megachurch pastor, there are 10 discernment ministries that are trying to tear them down. They analyze everything that they say from the pulpit, word for word. And if they get something wrong, you know, if they, if they say C-R-A-P in their sermon, <laughs> it just, they just, they just, they just go crazy. It's just, it's just horrible. It's brutal. It's, it's not... And again, these are Christians. Like, we don't, have to, we don't have to worry about atheists. We have to worry about our brothers and sisters these days. Now, we're talking about this next time. But there are discernment ministries that are good. Because sometimes Christians do slip and fall into heresy. That does happen. Sometimes we uh, incorporate different philosophies and different religions into church life, and it just kind of seeps in, and we don't necessarily see it. It's like a slow burn, slow fade. And there are discernment ministries like, yeah, that one's, that, that's paganism. That's New Age. That's Buddhism. That doesn't belong in Christian orthodoxy. And so we do need this. And so what I want to encourage you as individuals, I want to encourage you to run after the things of God, but I want to encourage you to do it with confidence. Like you know, like you, you're, you're going to be able to discern what is of God and what is not. Where God is and where he's moving versus what is a little malevolent and what is a little sideways, a little controlling, manipulative. Like, you need to know the difference. But not only do you not even know, do you need to discern what God, or what God is doing and where God is and where he is, and not only do you need to discern spirits, uh, like in meetings, like, in, you know, even coming to church, you, you, you all discerned when you walked in. I don't know if you realize that or not. But you also have to have discernment in your everyday life. Amen. You, need to, you need to have healthy discernment in your comings and goings and, and your dealings with your family and, and how you raise your kids. You need proper discernment. How you deal with your boss at work, you need proper discernment. Like This is a spiritual gift that is powerful when we activate it, not just in church life, but in everyday life. There is, there's times... When you're going to walk into an environment, maybe it's the grocery store, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's school, and you're, you know, you're, your senses are going to kick in, and you need to listen to it. A lot of you know what I'm talking about, right? And what we're going to hit on today, there is a healthy way to discern and a dysfunctional way to, dis to discern. So we're going to be healthy, amen? amen. All right. So um, when, it, when it comes to spiritual discernment, you have to start. You have to have a starting place. And that starting place is a, is a submission to God. Last week we talked about the beginning of wisdom is, is, is the fear of the Lord, Right? So that's, that's, that's the, the initial starting point. There needs to be a healthy fear of the Lord. 
There needs to be a personal relationship, a conversation with Jesus. There needs to be a a, a submittiveness to God the Father. You need to see him as a loving heavenly father that, that you are going to obey. And there needs to be an indwelling of the Holy Spirit that speaks to your spirit. You have three voices in your head or in your heart or in your soul. You have your voice, which says a lot of silly things. You hopefully have the Holy Spirit communicating to you. And you have the devil. Like, do you got that kind of, comp- I'm not literal, the devil, but you have, you're going to have impulses, you're going to have um, internal impulses, you're going to have external uh, stimulant that's going to that's make you think and act and be in certain ways. And so you need to decide, who are you going to listen to? And you need to listen to the Holy Spirit. Like, even if you think that you have some good vi- advice, you shouldn't listen to yourself. Don't listen to yourself. And obviously, it goes without saying, don't listen to the devil. So hopefully, you know the difference. The starting point after the fear of the Lord is what I will say is having the mind of Christ. Becoming more and more Christ-like being able to think like Jesus, act like Jesus, walk like Jesus, having the mind of Christ. It's a, it's a powerful mindset. So when you, when you think about Jesus, and when you think about what he has done for you, like bare minimal, salvation alone, Is that a positive thing or a negative thing? Like being saved is a pretty positive thing, right? (laughs) Having the ability to have a personal relationship with God, to be able to talk to Jesus, is that a positive thing or a negative thing? It's positive. To be able to know that, that God is for you and not against you, that that's a positive thing, right? So our position needs to be that of Christ, which is a positive mindset. Like you've you've got to you gotta you gotta you got if you wanna be a healthy discerner, this is gonna be tough. If you wanna be a healthy discerner, you have to think the best about situations. Each and every situation. All right, that, that might be tough to think about. Each and every environment, you need to be able to go into that environment and you need to be able to think, the, you need to have a positive mindset. You need to think the best of a situation or an environment. You ready for this one? To be able to discern people, you need to think and wish the best for people. That one's hard. Because sometimes I don't like people. (laughs) Sometimes people drive me crazy. Sometimes I don't trust people. 
Sometimes I imagine that people uh, are, are conniving and, you know, they're out to get me, right? So you, you, you can't, is that positive or negative? That's negative, right? Okay, so in order to have, in, in order to start off, you have to have the mind of Christ, which is a positive mindset. In that positive mindset, Jesus tells us that, that you should not fear, Right? Fear, I've got a couple of things to say about fear. Um, fear is a killer for a positive outcome. When you're in a state of fear, an unhealthy state of fear, I want to clarify that because I'm going to talk about a healthy state of fear in a second. An unhealthy state of fear paralyzes. An unhealthy state of fear uh, keeps you uh, in bondage, keeps you stuck, keeps you not wanting to move forward. Unhealthy fear is the deer caught in the headlights. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I, I had a ride my bike with my dog up in the Claremont Wilderness Trail. And... It's just, it's, just, it's just beautiful. I can't wait to get up there again after the snow goes away. But it's just, it's gorgeous. I'm just cruising along. And then I run into this mountain lion. I mean, he was a little ways away. I mean, it wasn't like I came around the corner. Like, I saw him. My dog didn't see him. And uh, just the adrenaline, you know, hits my body. Yeah. So in that moment, um, I was scared, right? Fear. But what I didn't do is, well, perfect love casts out all fear. <laughs> I'm just going to keep on, I'm going to keep on keeping on. Like, I don't need to be afraid. I'm just going to, I'm just going to continue on the path that God laid in front of me. And I'm going I'm to walk by that big cat and... I'm just going to love him. Because if I just love him, then he's just going to, you know, everything's going to be okay. I, I shouldn't fear. Shouldn't, I shouldn't uh, live in a constant state of fear. Okay. Um, I had a healthy state of fear because I just turned around and went the other way. Fast. <laughs> I just went the other way. Like, Woo, that, that was, that was kind of scary. But if I would have stayed paralyzed, if I, had, if I would have stayed stuck, if I would have stayed stuck in that constant state of fear, not being able to take action, well, that mountain lion would have killed my dog and, you know, bit my face off. I mean, and so that's healthy discernment. And you need to, you need to have that type, of a, that type of a response. Like when you find yourself... Um, when you find yourself in an unhealthy, toxic environment, what are you going to do? Are you going to stay stuck in that environment, or are you going to get out of there? Last week, I talked about that time when I was a young man and, 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 and being tempted. Did I flirt with that? Was I stuck? Was I paralyzed? No, I took action, and I got out of there. So that's healthy type of fear. Unhealthy fear is being paralyzed, and Jesus talks about it. Okay, hang on. If I have it. 
All right, I don't know where, it's not on my stupid thing. It's the Sermon on the Mountain. Do not fear. Do not be afraid of where you will receive your food or what clothes you wear. The pagans run after these things. So the, the pagans are fear-driven about their material needs. Do not be afraid. Put your faith and your trust in God. Faith is the opposite of this fear that keeps you paralyzed. Faith says, okay, uh, I am going to believe that God is going to do something in my life. Whether that is the reality or my experience or not, I have faith that he's going to break through and he's going to act. And so instead of walking into an environment or a social situation afraid, have faith saying, okay, I believe that God's going to make the best out of this. If you walk into a, a situation fearful, then it's going to taint your perception of what is really going on. If you walked into Granite Creek this morning completely afraid, like you're afraid of, you know, that I might, like, I don't know, call you out and embarrass you publicly, or you're afraid that you might, um, not, not be presentable, or you're afraid of what people will think of you. Uh, if you're afraid of, you know, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll be grinding on sin too much and you'll feel guilty. Uh, like if all of these things, it's going to taint your discernment in this place. You're going to come in in fear and uh, whether it's right or wrong, you're going to interpret it in a way that's not healthy. Does that make sense? All right. Let me, let me give you another scripture. James, chapter 1. I'd love this one. I'd probably preach it a little too much. James, chapter 1, verse 2 says, You count it all joy, my brothers, when you uh, meet trials in various, of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and steadfastness has its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, here comes the discernment wisdom part. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave on the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Okay, there's a lot here. So if you lack wisdom, if you lack discernment, wisdom and discernment are the, you know, they, they go together. They're, they're interlocked, they're interweaved. You need, to be, you need to be wise, you need to be discerning. If you lack these things, James says that you need to ask, yeah? Okay, but did you catch what the starting point is on this? Is it a negative starting point? Well, what's the starting point of the verse? Consider it all joy. So if you want wisdom, if you want discernment, 
if you want to be able to know what God is doing, if you don't want to be double-minded, your mindset needs to be one of joy. Amen. Consider it all joy. No matter how bad things are, if you want to discern well, if you want to be wise, you need to be joyful first. If you're not joyful, what's the opposite of joy? Sorrow, grumpiness. Do you have any grumpy campers in church today? Complainers, gripers. All right. Let's just say, let's just say, there's some students at the Claremont Colleges, Pitzer College. I'm going all in. <laughs> Pitzer College. Just use your imagination. There's a little tiny Bible study there. There's 10 students. One of them plays the guitar, and he's lousy at it. Yet they're running after God. They're seeking God, and they're praying in their dorms. They rent a hall because students keep coming and coming and coming. And before you know it, there's hundreds of students that are coming. And then the word gets out. It's word of mouth. It's not even trending on social media. It's actual word of mouth. And just like in Asbury, there's thousands of people going to Claremont Colleges to, to just to be in the presence of God. And there's no superstars there. It's just God. It's just Jesus. I don't know. Would you want to go? I'd want to go. I, want to, I would want to go. But I'm going to tell you how you should go. You should go with joy. And you should go with faith. And you should go with hope. And you should go with love. Because if you go with your natural person, your natural man or your natural woman, if you go and you're grumpy, if you go and, and, and if you're cynical, if you go and, and um, you're self-righteous, this is what your posture will be. You're going to be sitting in the back. You're going to be observing. And you're going to be crossing your arms. And you're going to be like, yeah, this isn't revival. Yeah, that guy said something wrong. Yeah, this music is not inspiring. If you go into any environment or any person or any situation, and if you have a cynical spirit, you will taint it immediately. Worst case scenario, you will have deceived yourself and you will have missed an opportunity to, to meet God. Best case scenario, maybe you're right. Maybe they are a bunch of heretics. And it feels good to be right, doesn't it? I told you so. My discernment was right. I told you so. That's best case scenario, but you know what happens when we do that? Romans 8.28 can't be fulfilled. He can't use you to, to, to fulfill Romans 8.28. In all things, God uses the good for those who believe. He can turn all things to good. 
I want to be that type of person, that type of, uh, that type of Christian that can take any situation, any person being empowered by the Holy Spirit, and it can be turned around for good. Let's just say we got a little heretical, right? Let's say Pastor Larry started preaching heresy. It wouldn't be his first time. Let's just say Mako gets a little too charismatic. <laughs> Do you know that those situations can be redeemed? Like, if God can redeem you, he can redeem any situation. And so, it is not our place to be self-righteous. It's our place to discern. It's our place to, to, at times, bring in correction. Well, let's say you go to a, a, an outpouring or something, and... Uh, you know, there's some, some teenager. Like, they love Jesus, but maybe they, get, um, maybe they get the Trinity wrong, right? Like, do you, do you trash them for that? Or do you say, like, this was great. Your heart is amazing. But let me let you consider that, um, that God is three in one. That Jesus doesn't have a, uh, it, Jesus doesn't have a ghost. The Holy Spirit's not Jesus' ghost. Let's just fix that. It's an easy tweak, right? It's an easy tweak. You just redeem the situation. So, joy is the place to start. James 3.13. Who is wise and understanding among you? That's discernment talk right there. By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, um, just real quick, are those, are those uh, fruits of the Spirit? Okay, just checking. Do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but this is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. <laughs> okay, that's pretty brutal, right? You know that you can be self-righteous and be demonic? For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But wisdom from above is first pure then peaceable, gentle, open to reason. I think we all need that, right? Open to reason, full of mercy. Discernment is merciful. And good fruits, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, temperance, self-control. full of good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace 
by whoever makes peace. Amen? That's, that's, that, that's the starting point. Now, let me give you something that is a little more physical. Because there's a posture to this. There's a posture to discernment. David figured it out. Remember I always said if, uh, if you go into an environment or if you're talking to somebody and you're grumpy or you're selfish or you're, there's conceit, bitterness, anger, rage, if you're cynical, you're going to cross your arms. You're going you're gonna to sit in the back and you're going to scowl down at, at people and situations, right? So there's a, there's a posture to cynicism. There's a posture to faith, too. And that is holding your head up. You, you, you can't hold your own head up, by the way. The Lord is the lifter of your head. So in life, when you have to have wisdom and when you need to discern, again, first, fear the Lord. Secondly, hold your head up high. He is the lifter of your head. Psalms 3. Lord, how many are my foes and how many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head. He'll go on to say in other chapters, you are the one that's pulled me out of the muck and the mire. You're the one that's pulled me out of darkness. You are the lifter of my soul. You, 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 you reach me up on heights. Like there is a positive thing that goes on with David where he's literally lifting up his head and he knows that the Lord is doing it. And because of that, David is an incredible leader. Now he makes some major mistakes, but they all get redeemed, by the way. The Lord is the lifter of his head. I would say now more than ever, we need to, as people of faith, we need to lift our heads up high. We need to be proud of our faith. We need to know that the Lord is the lifter of our head. So I called out to the Lord, and then he answered me from his holy mountain. Where, you, where do your answers lie? They're up on top of Mount Baldy right now, covered in snow. <laughs> Meaning that if you are seeking wisdom, it's going to take, you're gonna, it's gonna take some trekking. It's going to take some work. You have, to, you have to think differently. You have to have, in essence, you need to have your head in the clouds in order for the discernment to work. I lie down and sleep, and I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear tens of thousands, even though they assail me on every side. So he's even addressing the fear thing, too. I think one of the reasons why all of these discernment ministries, again, there's good ones, and there's just some that are just mean, 
and, and nasty. I think the reason why our brothers and sisters in Christ make mean, nasty Facebook posts and websites is because they're insecure. They have uh, they've forgotten that the Lord is the lifter of their heads. They think that they have something to lose. But when God is on the move, we have everything to gain. Yeah. So the, the position, the posture of discernment is holding your head up high with faith, Faith that God's going to do something important despite what you think. Hope. Hope that there is a breakthrough. I I honestly think we're in the midst of a breakthrough right now. I think we are in hope fulfilled right now. And we need to love now more than ever. Like, if you can't go into an environment with a loving attitude, then just don't go. Like, take a walk. If you can't deal with an interpersonal situation, and if you can't do it from the posture of love, then don't do it. Mako and I have discovered... Whenever I am grumpy, we don't talk about stuff, right? I don't know. Somewhere it says that you shouldn't, uh, oh, I think it's in the Bible, Um, (laughs) that you shouldn't uh, go to sleep on your wrath, right? Um, I understand that, but there's certain times like, yeah, like I'm tainted right now. I'm grumpy. I'm whiny. I'm crabby. Like, this is not a good time to have a conversation. Because I'm compromised. Yeah? Don't discern when you're, when you're compromised. Discern when you're full of joy and discern when your head is high. Discern when you believe the best in situations and the best in people. Discern when you think that even a bad situation can be redeemed. That's what discernment is all about. All right, I think I'm done. Uh, Jim, come on up to the front. Jim in the band. Jesus says, this is the scripture I wanted to get to, Matthew 10, 26, do not be afraid of the devil, for there is nothing hidden that won't be brought out. Matthew eleven eight 8 says, Jesus says, wisdom, discernment, is proved right by her actions, by the fruits.
Sometimes when we do this, there's a temptation to be sad. We should take it in reverence. We should take it in honor. We should take it in awe. We, should, we shouldn't take it from the perspective. Well, sometimes we take it because, well, we need to be forgiven. We need to repent. But Jesus is the most positive person in the world. And this is the most positive act that you can do. This meal is a happy meal. And this one's good for you. The golden oranges is not good for you. This is a happy meal. This meal lifts your head up on high. Let's receive the body of Christ. And when you walk out of here, carry yourself a little different. Walk with your head up on your shoulders back. He is the lifter of your head. Your posture, your body should be different after you receive this body. This is how we walk. We walk in the body of Christ with Jesus. Receive the body. Like, going to the cross is very hard for Jesus, but he was happy to do it. He was happy to save you. It was a hard thing to do. It wasn't easy. It wasn't convenient. God the Father paid the ultimate price to purchase you. This blood washes away all of your sins so that you may be called a daughter of God, a son of God. This is where identity lies. The very life force of Jesus' blood is now running through you. Receive the blood of Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Thank you, Lord. Didn't that feel good? Isn't that a happy drink? I was a little sad a little earlier because I said a bad word in church. Now I feel good. I've been forgiven. Doesn't that feel good? Just do that. Just have communion with Jesus. Have every day. It doesn't have to be like this, but it has to be a conversation with him every day. Put your faith and your trust and your hope. Love Jesus and you will be a good discerner. If I could have the ushers come to the front. Do we have that model, Luke? Yeah, all right. I wanna show you what we're, uh, the project that we're funding for right now. This is that, I talked about it for a couple of weeks now, now we have a model. If we could put that up real quick. This is what you're giving towards today. There it is. So this little cute little outdoor chapel will help us to generate more income for our pastors and staff in this building. 
It's a wise thing to do. We spend a lot of discerning moments in, on fleshing this out. We believe this, this is a wise decision. So, you know what? If you need help with your finances, ask God to give you some wise ideas and discern whether it's from God. Sometimes you just need another source of income. But God is for you. Like, he really wants the best for you. And he's got a way. He's got a way to provide. He's got a creative way to provide. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your faithfulness and your kindness, your goodness, your gentleness. Thank you that you offer us wisdom. All we need to do is ask. So God, give us, give us the courage to ask for wisdom from the right posture like David did. God, I pray that you would just encourage us to run after the most supreme thing, which is wisdom. And God, in these last days, as you're pouring out your spirits, as the enemy wants to bring in confusion and discord and craziness, God, may we be people of discernment that knows, okay, this is God. This is a counterfeit. Give us that discernment, we pray. Bless this offering. May it be an incredible impact in our community. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you all. It's your breath.
So now may the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, to be gracious towards you, to turn towards you in your times of need, to give you a discerning spirit. And may the Lord fill your home with peace, with comfort, with joy, with love, all of the hallmarks of the fruit of the Spirit that will indicate to you that you are inside of God's will, that you have discerned properly. Go with that blessing today. Have a great week. Stay warm. God bless. Sing it's your breath. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out.